Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 727 of the Juicebox Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Bold Beginnings. Today, Jenny Smith and I will talk about the target that you're trying to keep your blood sugar in, that range that we're all hoping to stay in. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Hey, can I bother you to please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box, join the registry, take the survey. That's all. Takes fewer than 10 minutes. You just need to be a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1. Head over there today. It's completely anonymous, absolutely HIPAA compliant, and all you need to do is complete the survey to help people living with type 1 diabetes. The Bold Beginning series began back on episode 698, And there is a complete list of episodes available on my private Facebook page called Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. It's up in the featured section. You should go take a look. If you're enjoying this series, you probably should head over to the Defining Diabetes series and the Diabetes Pro Tip series to learn more. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. And you can learn more about the InPen right now at InPenToday.com. I'm sorry I was late. I was changing a screaming pod, so. It's <laughs> no trouble at all. Um, all the fun stuff yeah. of life. We, we, um, we're recording, so. Um, cool. Arden's Dexcom has been expiring at 11.30 p.m. for like, seven months right like we just i don't know what happened you know we ended up changing it later. is that like the 80 hour like you let it go and or is that like the empty hour or the dexcom oh, you we, know what oh, we oh, ride dexcom not the cg oh it's dexcom not the okay not the, i see yeah so we we ride that thing right to it like right till the end yeah and i do too <laughs> ev- and every every time we've changed it over the last six eight months however long it's been now i might have lost track I walk to her, she texts me, whatever, and we look at each other, bleary-eyed, so tired, and I realize, like, oh, God, I'm up for at least two more hours now, right? And I look at her and I go, the next time this is done, we're just going to change it a few hours earlier. She goes, that's a good idea. We should definitely do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time, I set an alarm. I, like, told my phone, basically, hey, Siri, in nine days and blah, blah, blah hours, remind me to change. So yesterday afternoon, it goes off. We're like, oh, cool. We're going to finally do this. And then we forgot to. <laughs> so yeah. Because you turned the alarm off, right? I do that. I turn the alarm off and then I'm like, oh, what was that again that I was supposed to do four hours ago? We had a whole conversation about it yesterday afternoon. I was like, listen, let's change it around five o'clock. That's a good idea. We'll do that. And then next time we can adjust it into the three if we want or to the seven if we want. We'll decide, right? And she's um, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1030 last night, I texted her. I feel bad. I, I just texted her the F word. <laughs> she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, we didn't change that text comp. <laughs> so we ended up doing it like 1030 last night. 
Which well, was, at least it was an hour earlier. Oh, Jenny, you're trying to make me feel better, but that's not going to help. An, an hour is better than, you know, I, you try. I'm old. I can't be up that late anymore. It's not good for me. Oh, you know, so Lord. anyway, yeah. today uh, for the Bold Beginning series, we're going to record the topic of range. So, ah. so far, Jenny, I know it doesn't seem like it because being together is so delightful that it doesn't feel like time has passed at all, but we've recorded Honeymoon being diagnosed as an adult, terminology, would end, which ended up being two episodes because it was long. Um, there was lots in there. There was. We've recorded highs and lows, which um, basically is fear of insulin. We've recorded the 15-15 rule, long-acting insulin, and today we're going to do range, and maybe we can sneak in food choices if we have enough time. Cool. And that puts us only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Just fourteen more topics away from buttoning the series right up. So we're doing terrific. I know. What As you said, the um, the other the not the today's topic, but the the food choices <laughs> in my head right away flashed this like this like danger sign. <laughs> like, oh no, we're gonna totally make people hate us. It's it's fun. right because I'm like, oh, please don't hate me. <laughs> We, we we I think in one of the the fear of insulin one we 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 drifted into it for five seconds and even yes. if we were talking about it there I thought someone's not going to like hearing this but whatever right. but but for right okay. now yeah range is a nice easy one great yeah no one's going to be mad at us for talking about this probably um, okay so again this series is for people who are newly diagnosed and the way it began was we reached out to the Facebook group and said to them, what do you wish you knew in the beginning? And here are some of the responses that fit in this topic. What range to be or to shoot for was really hard to understand. I would have been, it would have been easier to explain that they want him to run on the high side. So see right away, this is interesting because we're getting a look into what doctors say, right? Apparently, they wanted the kid to be higher, but the mom found the online world pretty quickly and decided mm -hmm. that wasn't a good thing. Um, so uh, what does she say here? Okay. They wanted him to run higher as his body adjusts for a few weeks was what she initially found out is what they meant. Um, mm -hmm. as they, but it probably out. wasn't explained that way. No, she's like, clearly what was going on is they wanted to figure out the doses, but none of that was communicated whatsoever. Correct. It was a poor communication. See bad pod. Sorry. My noises are going off. <laughs> I haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> no, I know my, my high alarm, which isn't really, I mean, it's not high. My high alarm is set for one thirty, so it's really not high, but it's just telling me clearly. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so, you know, initially she should have been told, hey, this is what we're aiming for here because of these pieces. We aren't quite sure how sensitive your child is going to be once we introduce insulin and is the the body starts having like more normal looking blood sugars, the, the body starts responding or coming out of DKA or whatever, right? And then we're going to transition down to a healthier target range, mm -hmm. right? But yeah. that's, it's not usually clearly explained. And obviously not because the very next statement is someone said, I wish they would have told me that being 200 for a few weeks was okay as the body adjusted, but that we were going to taper down to a more realistic and healthy range. 
um, that it may take a while to normalize blood sugars. So yeah, you're right. This is this is the thing that people don't get told. So mm -hmm. let's kind of break that apart for a little bit. So, I mean, you're diagnosed. I'm assuming most people are diagnosed with a higher blood sugar that's probably been higher for a while. And they, even though they get you down in the hospital, you know, it's funny. I say that like that's the norm. But how many people have I talked to who go to a hospital or sent home right away or were diagnosed during COVID and weren't even allowed in the hospital? Um, right. So what happens? Is there, I mean, obviously you don't walk into the hospital with a 700 blood sugar and they're like, we'll just fix that right now. Like there's a very slow titration that takes place in the hospital if you're, if you're there. Is that for safety reasons? It is for safety reasons. Okay. You know, if you adjust the body from the idea that you're not quite sure how long blood sugars have been so elevated, right? Mm -hmm. um, for kids, it's probably not been that long of a time. It happens very quickly, that turnover or that transition. Um, but there is a slow progression of beta cell loss. I mean, if you look at the research in the development of type one, there is this progressive nature to actual diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, but the high blood sugars aren't really until that very end point near diagnosis. But you still need to be very careful about bringing those blood sugars down um, because the body adapts pretty quickly to to its new set range. Right. And if you've been running at 300 plus for a week or two weeks or three weeks, that needs to be um, certainly brought down slowly, okay. not to the point of you're waiting eight weeks to bring those high blood sugars down. But in the hospital, if you have had a chance to have an inpatient stay or a closely followed outpatient, you know, diagnosis um, and, you know, collaborative work with a, with a healthcare team, they will still try to really bring things down slowly because again, once you add insulin into the picture via injection, mm -hmm. whatever betas may be left, actually they get a little bit of a rest. And then that we've talked about honeymoon already, yeah. that honeymoon could kind of come back into the picture. Right. Um, so they do have to be very careful. Yeah. And I'm assuming that the wider range is because of that partially and because of also partially, they're not sure if you're going to get home and get a little, you know, re rejuvenation right. out of those beta cells. And suddenly they don't want to tell you it's one unit for 10 carbs and then get you home and find out that, you know, it's a half a unit for 10 carbs because you're getting some help right. from your pancreas. Right. So that's, that's, that, that's the one half of the reason why they would show you a wider range with a higher ceiling. Um, but the other one could be, they just don't know yet, right? Like they're not sure what's going to happen. And, Correct. Right. And so this person here says, um, one of the most useful things that I learned from the from the podcast was that I didn't have to accept these out of range spikes at meals, um, just because she had diabetes. That I could make adjustments to flatten those lines, etc. So I'm going to hold hold half of her thought there. So that's the next part that I think is important because you you said it a moment ago. If it's not communicated to you well, this is a completely new thing for you. And they could tell you, I don't want your blood sugar to be under 100, or and but it's okay if it goes up to 200 after meals. They right. might, might say something like that. I, I say this all the time. Like, if you don't give more context to your statements in the beginning when you're teaching something to somebody, they're going to assume that's the rule forever. Correct. Forever. And that is what right. we see with people is that they don't 
they, the people who don't make it online, the people who don't find somebody to talk to, just assume, oh, it's 100 to 200. And these are people you, you'll hear from that have had diabetes for three or four years who are treating low blood sugars, you know, air quotes, at, at 110 because they're trying not to go under 100. And, and uh, it just skews your way of thinking about it forever. Absolutely. Yeah. And what you learn in many things, not just diabetes, but it definitely makes sense when I'm talking about a health condition that's so dramatically impacting right now and kind of forever. What you teach in those beginning stages becomes almost a very hard rule that it's very hard to clear out of your brain. I kind of think of it almost like um, when my little one was starting to ride a bike, my husband, he, he disconnected the front brake. Okay. And he taught my son. The reason was because he didn't want him squeezing as hard as he was. I mean, he was like four years old. Right. And like, and he explained, I don't want you flipping over the front. Well, now he doesn't, he still doesn't like that front brake connected yeah. because he was taught that he could have an accident in which he flies over the front. I, bars, right. I, but yeah. that was what he learned initially. And it's hard to unteach. I also think that with people with diabetes, you see that um, with where they wear their devices, like the yes. first the first place they put it is the place they think it belongs, you, you know, um, and that happens to kids a lot, too. It still happens to Arden. I, I moved Arden's Dexcom for her yesterday, as we were talking about in the beginning, which I think will be in the episode, and she wears them on her hips. That's it. Uh-huh. And I put it on and she goes, that's too high. And I'm looking, I'm like, it looks fine to me. You, you know what I mean? And if it was higher than the last time it was there, it was by a half an inch, you know what I mean? But she acted like, and she's pretty reasonable. She's like, that's like it was on her forehead instead of she's like, (laughs) what are you doing? It's under my arm. You you know, like, like it was. um, um, And so it's just in her head. That's where it goes. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So back to this lady's point about, I wish I would have known that the blood sugars don't have to spike up after meals. She also says on the flip side, I would have liked to have known that we, that lows weren't a thing that happened. Her main message here is she left the hospital believing spikes and lows were part of it. And were going to be what she should see. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Her description, it's not well written. I'm sorry to the person who wrote it, but but because so reading, it's not going to help you much is why I'm picking through it. But the, the intent of this statement is it's almost like she's in a bad relationship, but somebody told her this is what it's like to be married. So you just have to deal with it. Like, so you, you know, j- right. You know, it, it's, um, it, it's interesting. And that's because, too bad. Yeah. Right. Like I, I mean, you know, way back in the pro tip series, um, you know, I said all the time and I haven't said it enough lately, but it's my least favorite part about diabetes is when people get caught in a situation where they find themselves saying, well, that's just diabetes. That's how it happens. You can't right. avoid that. And you can, and she's like, I wish someone would have told me that it was possible. Even if, even if I wouldn't have been able to do it right away, the knowledge that it was on the horizon would have been a nice idea. Right. Absolutely. Now, I think the reason people don't get told that is that many times they're with physicians who don't know how to stop spikes and highs, and and that's why you don't get told it's possible to, to fix. Well, and I think when you're talking about range, too, range is something that will evolve, so to speak, as you become more comfortable and comfort comes from learning more Mm -hmm. and experimenting more and paying attention to 
what happens for yourself or your child or the person that you're helping to care for. Um, so that range may tighten and be different than when you were first diagnosed or even different than when you were six months out from diagnosis, right? right? Um and they may shift through life or through each variable. You might have different ranges that you're aiming for. Um, so I don't think that there's a there's not a hard and fast range. <laughs> right. No, I imagine that you probably talk to people who are older, elderly people. You probably start shooting for a wider range, and and that makes sense too. And younger kids who um, I don't know run around a lot during the day and you know get bursts of exercise that you don't expect. You might have a different range for them, but None of that changes the goal. Right. It should be the goal range and the places you have to adjust that range for your specific situation. Um, again, I just think the biggest problem with this 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 piece is that is that nobody tells you that the first numbers I, I said out loud are not the thing you're going to be doing your whole life. There's some other statements here from people. Um, I wish someone would have told me that, that everything seems to affect my blood sugar. Uh, <laughs> you know, so... The uh, I think the variable series does a good job of shining a light on that. If you want to mm-hmm. know about some things that 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 can impact your blood sugar that no one at the hospital or a doctor's office might bring up, this uh, the next statement is I would have liked to have known what main factors can increase or decrease the need for insulin, and then it, ah. you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. food again, there's variables that right. that's certainly relative to the variables too. But I think I think that it also it shines a light on the. Um, you know, all carbs aren't created equal idea. You, you yes. Know, because the, in the beginning, in the beginning, when you, you're you told that formula, which is what the next statement's about, I'm trying to lead into that. And then it, you know, one day you eat, I don't know, it doesn't matter, French fries, the next day you eat a salad that has some carbs in it and it doesn't work out the same way. It fries your brain. You're just like, wait, yes. it, was, it was 12 carbs. They were both 12 carbs. Right, And then you start saying silly things like, I did the exact same thing today that I did yesterday and it didn't work, except you didn't see all the variables and it really wasn't the exact same thing. Right. You know, so uh, this this person says, what do those numbers and that correction formula even mean? (laughs) My son was diagnosed and we were sent home with a mathematical formula. Mm -hmm. We're told to follow it daily, but I still don't know what the numbers are even referring to. And Jenny, ah. Jenny, as you know, that feeling is what spawned my blog and this podcast. So do you know what formula she's talking about? So you're using multiple daily injections or an insulin pen and you want more, but you don't want to move to an insulin pump. That's okay, because the option of the in-pen from Medtronic Diabetes might be the perfect solution for you. The InPen is an insulin pen, but it does more because it connects to the app that gives you your current glucose readings, meal history, dose history, activity log, dosing calculator, active insulin remaining, glucose history, and reports for you or your doctors to look at. Doesn't that sound like a lot of good information to have right there on your smartphone? I think it is too. So how do you get started with the InPen? you go to inpentoday.com. When you get there, you're going to be able to see everything that I've already told you about and more. Not only that, but if you'd like to talk to somebody about the InPen, right? If you'd like to schedule an online healthcare provider visit, you can actually do that at my link. And you can also just get started. 
inpentoday.com. If you'd like to see how the dosing calculator works, there's a video there. You can click on it and watch it. I just clicked on it now, but I'm not going to watch it because I've seen it already. Plus, you wouldn't be able to see it. Anyway, to go learn more about the dosing calculator, dosing reminders, carb counting support, and the digital logbook, head over there and watch the videos. You may even be eligible, right? It's possible. And this means, here, here's what this means. There's like a little disclaimer here. This offer is available to people with commercial insurance and terms and conditions apply, but you may pay as little as $35 for the impen. Go check it out. There's so much on that link, you, you, you can't go wrong. InPenToday.com. InPen requires a prescription and settings from your healthcare provider. You must use proper settings and follow the instructions as directed, or you could experience high or low glucose levels. For more safety information, visit, you guessed it, InPenToday.com. Hey, this isn't an ad. This is for the podcast. I'm going to put this in here. I don't usually do this, but if you're listening to the Bold Beginnings episodes, when they're over, you might want to move up to the Defining Diabetes episodes and the Diabetes Pro Tip series, just like I was talking about earlier in the episode. You can find all of them at diabetesprotip.com or juiceboxpodcast.com. When you get there, you're going to see something that says Type 1 Diabetes Pro Tip Series from the Juicebox Podcast. And there's a little introduction there from me. And basically what it says is, look, my daughter has had an A1C between 5'2 and 6'2 since 2014 with zero diet restrictions. This information works for children, adults, and for the newly diagnosed, and for those who have struggled for years. I believe that anyone living with type 1 diabetes can use these simple concepts to stabilize their blood glucose levels, lower A1C, and improve glycemic variability, again with zero diet restrictions. Check out those episodes, diabetesprotip.com or juiceboxpodcast.com, and of course, they're right there, all the episodes, in a podcast player of your choice, whether you're on an iPhone or an Android. And please keep this in mind, too. All of the content within the Juicebox Podcast is free, and it's always going to be. There's no need to pay for this information. I just want you guys to be as healthy as possible. Support the podcast in any way you can, through the advertisers, filling out the survey at the T1D Exchange, or just telling somebody else about the show. When you support the show, the content keeps coming and it stays free. I would expect they were sent home with a little bit more of a specific or a precise I wouldn't necessarily call this a sliding scale. That's more of a hard and fast. If your blood sugar's in this range, take mm -hmm. this many units of insulin, right? Yeah. Um, where this gives a little bit more precision because that formula gives you a way to calculate a dose just for correction insulin when mm -hmm. blood sugar is high. So they may, they will give you a target blood sugar. So your formula should say, current blood sugar, meaning where it is right now, whether it's from a finger stick or from your CGM, your current value right now. Right. And then you're going to subtract from that your target. Your target. Mm -hmm. So if they told you to target 150, great. You're going to subtract your current 250 blood sugar. And then you're going to take away the 150 target, which leaves you 100. 
right? Uh But that number looks odd until you factor in what they've given you. And it's it's called a correction factor. Mm -hmm. The correction factor is how many points one unit of insulin, or for some little kids, they might've said how many points a half a unit of insulin may drop your blood sugar, right? right? So let's say your correction factor that you've been given in this formula, target blood sugar 150, correction factor is 100. Mm -hmm. So So you're going to take 100. If you you had a 300 blood sugar, and yep. you would subtract 150, which is your target, which would leave yep. you with 150. Correct. But, but in your in your thing, you need what? And then you have to divide that value by the correction factor they gave you to use. Okay. In this example, we're using a correction factor of 100, which means we're assuming a unit of insulin is going to bring your blood sugar down by 100 points. So 150 divided by 100 gives you how many units to take. And that would be 1.5. 1.5 units, right. exactly. Based on all of that. And then the problem is it all seems so like specific. And then when it, it, is. That when it doesn't work, you're like, it's impossible. I've got this mathematical formula that gave me all the people in the white coats were like, here's what you do. And they explained right. it hopefully the way Jenny did, which was very clear. Uh, but they don't tell you something in this example, like when your blood sugar is really elevated, you may seem need little, more. Yeah, need more insulin, right? And, right. And then you could, or spend, if it's right after you finish playing three hours of soccer in you know the field with your child during a tournament, and now you're correcting a blood sugar that's too high. Mm-hmm. Well, activity is the variable in the picture now. So you may use this formula and you may see a really dramatic drop in blood sugar and think, well, gosh, it usually works. Maybe something's changed and th- nothing's changed. It's the fact that there's now exercise in the picture that makes the insulin work better. So th- these formulas are a place to start. Right. And they do need some adjustment pretty soon after initial diagnosis. I've also found over the years that having a CGM, Arden has a DEX comment, that it takes away, I don't think about the the range as much anymore as, as, mm-hmm. as I think about like rolling like gentle lines. Yes. Right? That's more how... That's more how my brain thinks about it now. Instead of like, I'm trying to stay under this number or stay over that number, I just think I'm really trying for there not to be any sharp falls or sharp peaks and right. to stay, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't even think of them as numbers. I think of them as lines. Right. Yeah, it, you know it's, what I mean? It's exactly. It's almost like the sky and sort of the, the ground, if you will, mm-hmm. and you have this range that you're trying to fly like a glider plane through and you want this nice gentle rolling effect rather than these big j J like roller coasters is not what you want it's also really interesting how a visual representation of it changes your feeling about it because Mm -hmm. you know if you know your high alarm just went off at 130 arden's high alarm is 130 on her phone and it's it's one twenty on mine, so that I can react a little quicker to if in case I have to find her somewhere or something. But it's funny that when you look at it visually, you're like, "Oh my god, what's this crazy spike here?" And then you go back and realize it went up to one twenty, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it yeah. visually looks like a crazy spike, but that almost trains your mind to work within the range that you've set up. 
anyway. Correct. Yeah, if you're lucky enough to get a CGM, you'll you'll see what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. Last thing here for range. Someone says the quicker that you can learn about your glycemic sensitivity and insulin sensitivity, the quicker you can use that information to make broader changes. And this does really affect your time and range. So I'm guessing we've already talked about this, right? But they probably were eating some foods that hit a lot harder than mm-hmm. than their ratios, their insulin ratios could handle. Right. All right. So find that in a, an episode called Food Choices. <laughs> that's either out now or will be out very soon, depending on when you're hearing this. Yay. All right, Jenny, take a deep breath. We're going to do the food choices now. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Yay. Like, there's so much here, too. People- I'm, well, I am quite sure you got the gamut from one side to the other. Um, and, and some of it, I think it's interesting what you texted to me. The other day, because some people are so quick to latch on to one nutrient being the the the, the end all be all of this is what solved it for me. Jenny and I are going to continue that conversation in the next Bold Beginnings episode called Food Choices. But for now, I'd like to thank InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. And remind you to go to InPenToday.com to get started right now with an insulin pen that talks to an app on your smartphone, giving you much of the functionality that people have come to expect from insulin pumps. If you'd like to check Jenny out, she works at a place called IntegratedDiabetes.com, and her services are for hire. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.